0: This episode is brought to you by City Index. You shouldn't have to pay a premium for the most exciting market opportunities. Start trading the biggest companies for less with City Index's commission free US share CFDs. Go long or short with $0 commission on Apple, Amazon, and our full range of US markets, both in and out of hours. Visit cityindex.com to try a risk free demo account today. City Index, invested in your success. All trading involves
1: risk. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. You are listening to the COB podcast from Ausbiz. I'm your host, David Scott. You're joined today on this August 11th by Carl Rodder. Carl, uh, pretty big day for the session. Uh, largest game that we've seen in a while and also the highest close since early June. All on the back. Of an unchanged CPI print,
0: yeah, no. Um, what is it? Inflation solved. So let's all get involved. Something along those lines, I think. Um, interesting. It's really interesting how yeah, it's all there's,
1: being. Sp- there's a the, the title for the. Uh, there's a title for the podcast right there.
0: I've been abusing it all day, so go right ahead. But um, it's been an interesting one, especially how it's being spun uh, by well, obviously politicians, but also economists, based on obviously their priors as to whether you know this is uh, you know still high inflation it's volatile and you know noisy data recently it's it's don't get too excited versus other people are saying oh on an annualized basis you know we're going to be looking at three percent inflation uh if you sort of infer from that kind of month-on-month figure so um it's like anything really isn't it it's, um it's a bit of a rorschach chest but you know clearly um equities have responded well although scuddy you're a bond guy at, at heart or in essence i dare say and,
1: and the bond market didn't move much, really. No, the initial reaction was uh, it was abrupt, uh, particularly at the uh, the front end of the curve as you saw a lot of uh, no rate hikes priced out but the reaction really struck me it just looked like it was algorithmic traders because you'd have to be under a rock or literally not gone outside to haven't been realised that hey look a lot of goods prices including gasoline which was like the major factor behind the decline have fallen quite sharply over the past month and uh, I was surprised watching the initial reaction then uh, when I woke up this morning I saw where 2's finished and where 10's finished I was thinking well yeah I'm not overly surprised that that was the reaction but one of the things that was really interesting and the big diverge. Was The uh, equity market not only held its gains, but uh, went and continued to go and climb throughout the session. But uh, I, I'm highly sceptical it's going to go and really mean too much for the Fed. I think that uh, you know, all this is doing is, is, is loosening financial conditions, which is exactly what the Fed does not want at this point in the cycle. Down so much hard work to try and get to this point. If they go and let it unravel now, we could be sitting with persistently high inflation. So the more the uh, equity market in particular chooses not to listen, I reckon the harder the Fed is going to have to go.
0: No, that's a really interesting point, isn't it? Um, and I suppose it comes back to, you know, what leads what in those situations as to, um, you know, what equity markets are, are really discounting uh, or not and this kind of potential intractability of this problem for the Fed. But, of course, the markets are pricing in that, um, well, actually, the, the, the shift was really in the path to um in, to, to higher interest rates rather than um, necessarily the the destination I could I guess you could say if you looked at fed futures right you know we had the markets pricing out of 75 from the fed uh, in September but still a fed funds rate that will finish uh, will probably top out somewhere around three and three quarters percent so that didn't really change so again there's a lot of mysterious things going on at the moment but um again it's it's risk on I think you can you can fairly safely say that
1: yeah, we're celebrating the fact that uh, inflation is only 8.5% on an annualized basis and that uh, we're only talking about the next rate hike being a 50 rather than a 75. It's a, it's a brave and somewhat uh, crazy new world that we find ourselves in. But for the time being, let's try and make the most of it when it comes to investment ideas. Yeah. One of those comes from uh, Sam Ruiz. Uh, he went and joined us earlier on today uh, from T. Rowe Price. Uh, he's not believing the uh, the rally we're seeing recently. In fact, he's saying uh, it was uh, time to go and prepare for the recession that we have to have um, with three stocks that are likely to go and ride out the storm pretty nicely should things get a bit tricky what do you reckon about the recession risk do you reckon we're going to go and uh, have that scenario later this year or early next year
0: i've been saying for ages that i think this cycle for the us economy is going to be a little bit boom and bust like and that's because we had so much stimulus pumped into the economy that it was run too hot everything was working over capacity and there has to be payback and this payback is in the form of obviously high inflation and then aggressive interest rate hikes which by necessity um you know i I believe in a thing called trade-offs you can't have uh your cake and eat it too and that means that uh, to kill inflation you have to kill growth and uh, unfortunately i think that's what we'll see and i mean i'm not smart enough let's let's be honest to to make any bold strong and and too terribly well reasoned or quantified arguments as to as to what uh ought to happen but if i uh Go back to my reliable bond market, uh, the yield curve, the US yield curve has gone to as low as negative 47 basis points, um, which is as low as it's been in 23 years. So if that doesn't scream recession, and everyone can talk about, you know, the distorted, the distortionary effects uh, that central banks can have on bond markets, but that that says to me that we're heading for a recession. So um, you can almost lock it in, Eddie.
1: Yeah, I think uh, one point last night, that 2s, 10s curve, the inversion went to 58 Basis points Jeez. negative. Uh, yeah, That's uh, it's telling you a pretty big story, a big tell. But uh, yeah, so it, uh, no, it looks like that's good news so far, at least when it comes to the prospect as uh, the stock market things at this point. Yeah, it's we'll looking looking through the recession. Next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about the earnings, boys and girls. We're just going to go straight to the other side when liquidity injections come in and we uh, go in and pump stocks again. Well, look, we'll see what happens. There are stranger things that have happened in the uh, investment universe over the past few years. I think everyone can attest to that. Uh, you yeah. mentioned the bond market, mate couple of times. Uh, Vimal Gore, uh, he had a background in the bond market, but he's moved to the digital asset space. And uh, look, he went and made a, an appearance on the show today and a welcome one. Glad to have him back on the show mm. talking about the RBAs designed to go in, uh, an e-Aussie dollar, digital you know, currencies. So it seems to be the way that a lot of people are getting uh, you know some interest in that space using traditional fiat currency. Yeah, CBDC.
0: Um, I didn't watch the interview, to be honest, I, I had to prepare for my own show, but I was saying to uh, Asher, who is of course, our producer and a producer for Cracking Crypto, is that if there's one thing that makes me uh, feel, I guess, a level of confidence and that there's a level of legitimacy uh, in, uh, in the crypto space, it's Vimal Gore's move uh, to, away from what he was doing, which was, you know, a terribly blue chip, um, you know, very profile job to, you know, set upon this journey in the, in the crypto space. And he, uh, go, you can give it a bit of a Google, but he did attract some uh, attention, some of it, um, you know, not very kind, some of it quite favourable about, um, you know, the potential for, for digital assets to, I believe, replace... Uh, the function of bonds uh, in our financial system. But don't don't quote me exactly on that, but it was it was it was something to to, to that effect. So when he talks, I, I listen. So it's a it's an interesting interview, one that I'll
1: have to go back to, and I think all the all the audience should go back to too, because he's a smart cookie. Carl, you'll be uh, surprised to know that uh, I wrote an opinion piece on that, and I uh, disagree with what Vimal had to go and say. He's much <laughs> smarter than I am, mind you. So I'll t- take that into that's consideration. That's what makes the market we'll right. Just, that's, that's,
0: that's the out for all, all, all uh, arguments in, uh, in financial markets. You just say, well, that's what makes a market. We all have our own opinions. But I'll, I'll be very interested yeah. to hear what you have to say about it.
1: Oh, mate, so you can go back in the annals of time. My, uh, my opinion piece is, uh, is floating around somewhere. But he said that bond market was boring. How can it be boring after boring. what we've seen over the past couple of years? Boring. Anything but boring. I'll tell yeah. you. I'll tell you another thing, mate. That's not so uh, not boring. Uh, ETF space at the moment. Uh, mm. a lot of I uh, know volatility. A lot of people using the uh, opportunity we're seeing, particularly in some of those thematic ETFs, to go and buy the dip in position for uh, some of those big uh, big thematic moves expected in the coming uh, decades. Uh, today we had a chat with uh, Andrew Violent from DP Wealth Advisory. Uh, one area that a lot of people are clearly looking at the moment is the clean metal space, the clean energy sector. So he comes armed with three ETS you can go and look at to go and play that thematic of I know the uh, commodity sector becoming a clean and green investment vehicle
0: mm, yeah that's another one I'll have to go back and watch too but uh you've got to love those uh those clean and green thematics um interesting conversation that I also had today was about greenwashing too so and in artificial intelligence I know this is a bit of a digression um but artificial intelligence Uh, that can pick up on greenwashing in investment markets. But anyway, it's it's fascinating because, you know, we obviously are all interested in that space.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, the uh, the more that we can actually go and and make sure that people are adhering to these promises made on the uh, the green and the Easter credentials are fantastic. Just as, as a side note, uh, the uh, Institute of Machine Learning is right next to me here in Adelaide, so uh, yeah, nice. maybe uh, they're working on some uh, some uh, some facets of that as well. Uh, you know, pretty interesting space. So I'll have a listen to that interview when I go home later on tonight. Uh, look, uh, on the local front, uh, everything was dominated by that inflation report in the states, but there was an, a large number of companies out as well. Uh, with profits and reporting today Telstra was among them and so we were lucky enough to go and have a chat today Andrew was to go and talk with Andy Penn the outgoing chief executive about uh, his views the legacy as well as what he's left for that company and his uh, seven odd years at the helm and so we thought it might be the perfect opportunity today to go and make it the stock of the day so Andrew sat down today with David Lane from Ordminet and Mark Garner from Macro Capital to get their views as to whether Telstra is a buy hold or sell take a listen probably just be a hold at this stage. Um those results are fairly good. Uh there's still a lot of there's a lot of moving parts going on with this business um as it sort of transforms. Uh and you know and obviously that partnership with the future fund, whether there'll be a share buyback, etc. Um the range has been fairly reliable. That's sort of 415 4, on the top side, um three eighty the lower side. Um, look I if there was going to be a large share back, uh, buyback announced that um, you'd be happy to buy with momentum on a break or buy it on a pullback? Look, we like it and it was a good result. Um, we've got a buy recommendation on Telstra. Our target price is 465. dollars uh, is, as Mark said, you know, a, a fairly boring portfolio stock where you, you get a good income on it. Um, it's trading at a reasonable level. Uh, uh, yeah, over the, the last few years, the simplification of the business has been a, a positive and, and have to say that Andy Penn has done an exceptional job that, you know, one of the only CEOs in my recent memory that's actually come out with a, a strategy uh, and delivered on that strategy and, and stayed with the company while it's uh, it's been delivered. So yeah, mm. I think he's done a, a very, very good job in that regard.
0: There you go.
1: There we have it. Just- boring but uh boring is is okay sometimes and yeah, sometimes uh yeah beautiful. a staple for the portfolio it sounds like so yeah a hold and a buy doesn't get put up for consideration for the uh the investment committee but uh yeah a lot of people from back in the day certainly you know have their telstra holdings hopefully not all of them are sitting there with unrealized losses but i dare say probably a few mm. have been hanging on for the ride uh carl what's uh what's gonna be the focus now because we're coming to the tail end of uh us reporting season we get ppi data out tonight but realistically, I think it comes down to the Fed now. Don't you think it's uh, it's going to be what the Fed members go and say to go and try and convince markets that they believe that uh, no, inflation still needs to be crushed?
0: Yeah, well, September still seems to be kind of live in the sense that we're trying to work out what they'll actually do. We haven't really got a fantastic... Uh, sense either whether they're going to guide us towards um, 50 or or the 75. I think we'll, I do believe we get another jobs report before they meet next, right? So you'd think that they'd probably try and push back on that data quite a lot um, because we've got this, you know, fresh CPI print that will give them a little bit of breathing room, but they won't want to commit themselves too aggressively to any stance until they, you know, after last week's print, um, you know, for for July get a better sense of the the state of the labour market. But, I mean, tonight's PPI will be interesting, Um, you know, if we are seeing prices come down because of you know, obviously, some of it's softening demand, at least for the for, for goods, um, relatively speaking. You know, how are some, uh, you know, where the producer prices are, are continuing to rise as well. You know, we talk about the potential for, for squeezes on margins and that'll have an impact on, you know, growth and profitability and what have you. So, uh, interested on that. But, you know, obviously, you and me are the same. We, we look for those Fed speakers and, and all the divergent views that tend to emerge uh, around, the, around that board table, so to speak that um, it, uh, they don't really have a clear narrative yet, I don't think.
1: Yeah, look, we still get a PC deflator out as well. I also get another uh, an inflation report as well before the other Fed meets. will be right before they go and meet in September. So there's a lot of uh, no water to go under the bridge. So let's go and see what happens. It's almost a given, in my opinion, that the, we know that goods prices are not even going to be disinflationary. They're probably going to be outright deflationary. Uh, in the next couple of months. There's been some big declines. We saw that in the China PPI data as well, which tends to go and have a flow-on effect. But it all comes down to me is that the labour market is so strong and that wages component, that's just going to go and fuel those services and inflation. And that's what's going to be sticky and that's what's going to be very difficult to go and break the back of. And that's why that I think maybe... Markets are just underestimating things a little bit when it comes to uh, the Fed's desire to go and bring inflation back to within target. I cannot see for the life of me that they'll be starting to talk about you no know, pivoting and uh, and cutting rates. At an example where you've got uh, you know, the PC deflator double its uh, its target, it just that's fanciful so no way we'll keep no a close eye on what's uh what's what, what, what what's what's said at the moment we know that mary daly's just come out from the uh the san francisco fed she i uh, spoke a couple of hours ago she was talking about she's favoring a 50 at this stage but of course you know the fed's been favoring 50s and then gone to 75s pretty abruptly mm. as well as the data's has progressed we know they're reacting to that as well look what do you reckon mate let's go and leave it there and get ready for uh the last call of friday <laughs> get our drinking boots on and uh yeah have some fun sounds great mate have a lovely night